Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our member podcast, getting some of the inside scoops on ministry life here at Southridge. And uh, today I'm excited to talk about a really significant area of ministry, uh, our ministry to students, with our student life pastor, Keith Kyer. Keith, Hello. say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is your first time on the podcast, so we're going to want to get to know you a little bit more, especially those of us who aren't from your home location. So just first off, give us a little bit of your personal background, uh, your faith journey, family situation, that kind of stuff. Sure. So I uh, grew up in a Christian home and uh, grew up in a home church, actually, where my dad was the pastor. So I'd wake up in the morning, have breakfast and head to the living room for Sunday morning service. <laughs> That was pretty cool, but um, at the same time, was a bit of a sheltering situation and didn't wasn't a part of youth groups a ton growing up and wasn't a part of any other churches. And so it wasn't until my later teens when I met some friends and started going to youth groups and stuff and um, then got a job at Starbucks and met a cool guy and kind of went on a journey of discovering who Jesus was with him. And uh, I have three kids now. I'm married to Hannah and... I have a third kid, brand new. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah great. three months. You're navigating that. Um, now, this is actually not your first position at Southridge right. as, a, as a staffer. So how did you end up on staff here and how has that kind of journey transition? Talk about that a bit. Sure. So where do I start? Been quite the journey. You you were you were at Starbucks coming to faith sure. with this yeah. friend, yeah. <laughs> so at Starbucks, I met just a huge group of really awesome people just through connections and knowing different people. And um, one of the people I met was Herm Plett at Mountain Park, and I was right. sitting in Starbucks, you know, a fresh new Christian, excited about faith, read my Bible in the open, and Herm saw this and he's like, "Hey, let's get together for coffee." And I was like, "That's kind of weird, you know." 50-year-old man wanted to hang out with a 20-year-old. <laughs> but I went with it, and we became great friends. He introduced me to Matt Unruh, which that introduced me to some other leaders and other churches. And uh, at one point, I found myself unemployed and um, looking for work, but not really knowing you know, where I was going to go. I had had a dream of being in ministry once, but kind of gave up on that in this time. And it was actually through a connection that Matt had created uh, with... Beth Thiessen, knowing her, she told me that a job was opening up in the shelter. And she's like, you'll be great. You should apply. So I did and got the job. And then I was in there for a year working in housing first. And Ben Lockyer came to me and was like, hey, this position's opening up. Um, it's in our youth ministry. What do you think? And I was like, no, I'm good. And so my first- Having fun in housing first. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. And uh, just never pictured myself working with youth. And so I talked to some people and it just, it was a logical decision um, where there weren't any, you know, doors closed or anything and nobody said not to do it. So I was like, sure, I'll try it out. And um, the, the thing that actually got me to take the job was when Ben was like, it's actually more about leadership development and team building than it is about, you know, hanging out with the youth. And I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind that. And in the process, just absolutely fell in love with the students. And so here I am two years later, just... Can't picture myself doing anything yeah, else. Doing a bit of both. And and that leads me to my next question, which is tell us a little bit about your job. I think there are some of us across our location wondering 
what does a youth pastor do all day? <laughs> you, you hang out at Current, you hang out at Riot, which we'll talk about those programs in a moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe visit some kids at a high school, eat some pizza at lunch. But like, right. what does a youth pastor do all day? Give us a description. Sure. Well, there's it's pretty diverse, which is helpful for me um, because I like change and So it varies from day to day. Like some days I'll be behind a computer for six hours, like prepping events and doing scheduling and communicating with leaders. And then there's days like today where I'm not in the office because I'm meeting youth pastors. I'm taking leaders out for lunch and doing one-on-one connections with them, supporting them, and then doing podcasts on the side, right? Like (laughs) it's just a side business. This is just a side gig doing podcasts. That's right. Um, So it varies from day to day what I do. Uh, But my main tasks would be supporting my leaders, recruiting leaders, um, building events, uh, making sure my leaders have everything they need to to see these events through well. Yeah, because you're basically looking at two purviews. There's a junior high purview and then a senior high purview times three locations. Yeah. So we've often talked about your job having kind of six aspects to it. Mm. And those six aspects are different teams of leaders that you're recruiting, team building, developing, investing in, and making better leaders to multiply your impact in students' lives. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that doesn't mean you don't have direct contact with the students as well, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, Kind of, we call it a, a Pied Piper sort of a role where you want students to, to know you and love and trust you and, and be affected by you, to follow you. Um, but it's also a very vicarious ministry through these teams of leaders, isn't it? And yes. There's quite a bit of leadership development there. Yes, absolutely. Um, just want to review for everyone uh, the department that you're a part of. So mm-hmm. you serve in this pod C, we call you guys, uh, the, the family ministry team mm-hmm. and all of your aspects of family ministry, uh, try to kind of accomplish three purposes or they exist for three reasons. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a little bit of each of those just for everyone's review, sure. why we even have family ministry. Totally. So like you said, we exist for three reasons and, uh, one of them is to partner with parents Um, Because we believe that parents are the primary spiritual uh, developers of their children. And And let's camp out on that for a second. Because that's worth us saying again and again and again that we didn't make this up. Research evidenced that the most catalytic spiritual influences in children and developing young adults' lives are mom and dad. That's right. They're their parents. Yep. So if we're going to, as the logic works, if we're going to maximize our impact in this child's life, it actually isn't even us that's going to impact them primarily. Our best play is to come alongside, support, and partner the primary influence in this child's life so that we can be the most influential that we can. Exactly. Two impacts in the child's life coming together work better than two competing people trying to impact their Absolutely life. Absolutely right, which is the vision of Orange, right? That's right. The, the heart of the church and the light of the home, or That's the right. heart of the home and the light of the church. I get that mixed up all exactly. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the drill. Red and yellow makes orange. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, the, the parent partnership, there's a second value. Talk about that. Yeah. So it's to provide uh, what we call crib to college discipleship and development. And so from the time that they're born 
um, and they're in the nursery to the time they graduate high school, we want to provide age-appropriate ways of discipleship and connecting them to the community from nursery to college. Yeah, and and I mean, you guys spend quite a bit of time on this. This would be one of the more you know meeting-intensive and mm-hmm. computer uh, parts of your job where uh, you guys lay out especially in your purview from junior high all the way through senior high, Mm -hmm. right? You're the to college part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, what, what aspects of a life of faith and teachings of Jesus and of the Bible you want to embed in students' lives before they graduate high school. And this is a conversation that you guys have often to say, are there things that are missing? Are there new things that we should add? How yeah. comprehensive is our discipleship so that together with the other family life pastors, you can feel like from crib to college, there is a comprehensive spiritual development plan. Right. Very significant. Yes. And then the third one, describe that for us. Yeah, to expose our students to a three-dimensional lifestyle of full devotion, um, also in age-appropriate ways. Right. Like we have this adult ministry yeah. that fosters a lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection, and action. We're talking right. about that on this podcast all the time. Yeah. For children and for developing young adults, you know, there are some relevance, age appropriateness dynamics there. And mm-hmm. so our family ministries provide alternative programming that offers that exposure to those different aspects of the lifestyle in ways that are relevant and age appropriate. Exactly. And this also has implications for the leaders as well, but because in the way that we want to provide age-appropriate discipleship for the students, we also want to be modeling what it looks like to live a life fully devoted to Mm. Jesus as leaders. And so when it comes to all of our leaders, like how are we actually living out a life of greater love towards God and to the people around us? Yeah, which is a huge, again, a huge part of your job when you're not only trying to provide this student ministry, but you're actually trying to provide it through the ministry that you have as student life pastor to these teams of leaders, exactly, right? So that they're engaging to a greater degree in that three-dimensional lifestyle of full devotion so they can be the follow me as I follow Christ exactly. examples of the students. That's Absolutely. Uh, now, this the, these three purposes, uh, as I've already kind of alluded to, they play out in two specific student ministries here at Southridge. Can you describe each of these and kind of how they work, what they include? Sure. So logistically, um, Riot is our junior youth, so from grade six to grade eight. And it's a lot more structured where we have, you know, our biweekly Thursday nights. Everybody knows we're getting together as you know, all three locations in one place. And it's just a party. It's fun. And that's every every time your Riot has your regular Thursday program, it it rotates locations, correct? Correct. But it's yes. all three locations together. That's right. Yeah. So the Thursday program for junior high, grade six to eight, runs on Thursday evenings, all locations yep. together. Correct. And on Sunday mornings, we meet in our location or our specific locations. And that's where we get into more of the small group discussions and um, where we actually have curriculum for our for our students. Yeah, that's your teaching time. So when the kids get up halfway through the service, the host is about to introduce the message and you see this flock usually in the front corner of one of the auditoriums. You see this flock get up and bail. It's not because they're disinterested. It's actually because they have their own age-appropriate teaching time. That's right. That is a part of this crib-to-college development uh, of content that we want to expose kids to by the time they 
uh, leave the house for college. Exactly. So to speak. And inside of those times, um, it's not just haphazard like students running around and leaders managing but we actually have small groups in there where uh, leaders are paired with specific students so even on our times when we're all together as three locations there's still leaders that know what students are theirs they know their names their dogs names the sports they play and uh and so we have intentional connections happening even in those large group experiences yeah and uh, anything else for Riot? Like, I know you guys do, you know, summer events and things like that, socials. Oh, anything yeah. Out, outside, of, outside of the two-step of the Sunday program and uh, the Thursday program. That's right. So we have our retreats that we go on. Like, there's the ones at Camp Crossroads we go to. Deep Freeze. That's right. Yeah, and that's a hit, always. And um, beyond that, the small group leaders take it upon themselves to have small group nights where they'll get the the small group leaders together and they'll throw like a Nerf war party or something or like indoor soccer at the Van Geest greenhouse. And so there's a lot of small group activities happening outside of events as well. And those are just one offs as small groups are led to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, In addition to our junior high, uh, talk about our senior high program. Sure. So senior high. Where junior high is more structured, senior high has a bit more of an organic feel to it while still providing structure and consistency. So come September, actually, we'll be meeting bi-weekly. And we have a large group experience that we do once a month. And so in that large group experience, um, we we believe that students' faith is developing more by experience than it is by like sitting and listening to a teacher. So we want to have experiences where we can actually engage in something together. So whether that be yoga or service or uh, some other aspect of, you know, engaged teaching. And then we have four, depending on how many weeks are in the month, we would have three to four small group times. And so the small group time right after the experience, the week after, would be unpacking the experience. You know, why does this, why is this important to our faith? Why do we need these kinds of things? Where did these things come from? Like, did Christians meditate in the Bible? And and start to get into that, right? And why these experiences are important to their faith. And then the second night would be an action night where the students with their small group leaders are getting in touch with the anchor cause at their location or creating their own anchor cause. And then the week after that is each student uh, taking turns hosting their small group at their house for dinner. And that's a way to meet the parents, get into their get into their homes and... Um, and just be in each other's lives a bit more. And then if there's a fifth week in the month, the week after that would just be hang out, do what you want, have a fun night. So remind me of those again. The first week is what? The first week would be unpacking the experience. Right. Unpacking the experience. The second week is? The second week is the action night. Third is gathering each other's homes. Yep. Fourth, and then hang out. Yep. That's okay. right. Okay. Just so that we see that the, that... While it's organic, there still is like massive deliberate deliberacy Absolutely. to every one of these kinds of weeks. And That's so, right. you know, for, for a parent out there, if you have a student who's kind of into some of these, but kind of into kind of not into the others, you know, really encourage them to be part of that mm. youth ministry in a regular ongoing way so that they can get the comprehensiveness that the program is intended to to mm-hmm. develop in them. And the cool thing about the senior youth small groups is that instead of meeting every, you know, the same day every week, the small group leaders, it's actually their job to find out a time and a place that works for their small groups to meet. So the heart there is meeting our students where they're at, 
you know, in their lives at a time that works for them. Yeah. Now, in addition to these these uh, Thursdays uh, and then the whenever the small groups meet uh, in their time that's convenient for their group, uh, similar to junior high, there's retreats and yep. supplementary experiences. Talk about those. Sure. So we do just like the junior youth goes to Camp Crossroads. We have one called Winter Blast. That's always a hit as well. A good time. And we around um, June or uh, May, May long weekend, we do a retreat. So we've gone to Overflow. Uh, this year we went to Pitch and Praise, which was a blast. And uh, so we have times where we're spending weekends away together doing big things. Yeah, like just that. As, a large, as a large group That's of right, youth. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as we head into September, uh, are there any things that your student leadership teams in either world, Riot or current, uh, are imagining that might be different this coming year? For sure. So in, before September, we were meeting biweekly with our small groups and kind of creating just trying to get a glimpse of that consistency that's going to come in September. And so come September, we're really ramping up and, and going from biweekly to weekly. And so leaders, like I know, it seems counterintuitive that they'd be like, oh, another week that I need to add to my calendar. But really, they're like, oh, I'm excited to have more consistency, yeah. to have more touch points with my students. Especially, I know, our, our, like the small group I'm a part of goes through this this thought process every year where... You know, because people miss for various reasons, yeah. like the weekly commitment can absorb a miss way easier than the biweekly. Exactly. Right? If you're biweekly, yes. if you're only committed biweekly and then you miss, well, now you haven't seen each other for a month. Exactly. And yeah. it's it's hard to cultivate continuity and, and community. Yeah. Whereas through the weekly commitment, it gives you the freedom and flexibility to miss once in a while. Yeah. And you're still able to track. And yes. so that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great gain. Anything else you want to say about that? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, because I want to shift gears mm -hmm. and just for a few minutes as members, I mean, this is an intergenerational membership. So uh, just out of raw curiosity, Keith, because you engage in the lives of students mm -hmm. and kind of get a, a real broad uh, pulse of this generation, give me the like what's going on with kids these days kind of report. Sure. Dank memes. That's all you need to know. I'm joking. I don't, I don't even want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the students, they're, they're so funny. They're so full of life. So vibrant. Anytime you hang out with them, like you'll fall in love in minutes. They're, they're just a riot. And so many aspects of their life are like this at school. They're funny. You know, at work, they're funny. But then when you get into, you know, the music they're listening to and the podcast they're listening to, um, I've got a whole playlist on my phone of songs that students have just taken my phone and added to my phone. And they're all about love and longing and relationship and hurt and um, empathy. And so when you get into this um, personal aspect of the students' lives, you actually realize that uh, they're thinking about life. They're thinking about the things around them and the people who are hurting. And and it's actually very deep and they're caring and loving. That there's that there's more going on in there's a student's life than just... Stank memes. Yeah, That's having right. fun. Kind <laughs> That's of right. Um, I mean, even compared to your generation or generations that you see uh, before you... What would you say these days as a student life specialist, really, in our in our context, 
about where you're finding students are at in their attitudes towards God? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And that's it's a hard one to pinpoint because, like I said, they can be such goofballs outside of a, you know, a retreat kind of setting. But when you get on a retreat, like they're the, you know, they're walking up to the front and professing their faith and recommitting their lives and, you know, all those things that happens on ret- happen on retreats. And so where they're at with God, I think that they're just looking for how to make this an everyday thing. Like something I hear from students every time we go to a retreat is like, I want to recommit my life or I want to, I want to live this way all the time, all year long, not just at Camp Crossroads or at, you know. Yeah, one of these retreats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, are you finding, like, tease this out a little bit, uh, are you finding a vast discrepancy between uh, students who are part of the ministry that have grown up in the church versus students that are part of the ministry that maybe haven't or aren't necessarily growing up in the church? Mm-hmm. Uh, like sort of the Christian, not yet Christian mm-hmm. chasm. Are there are there stark differences in those types of perspectives? Or it's a great question, and I think the part of them wanting to live it out every day is that um, there there isn't a stark difference. There's not a black and white difference between the um, students who grew up in the church and the students who don't. But there's more of this cohesive, like we all just want to love and we are all standing up for. Uh, injustice, and they all kind of want to be a part of the greater picture together. And so I see this kind of longing to live a life of love in in all of them in any context. That makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say? Uh, and and I'm sure you guys talk about this as leadership teams. You know, what what would you say are the unique, maybe, or at least primary kind of struggles and needs of students these days? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there are unique primary struggles that you can kind of clump every student together, but every student is an individual. And just like us, we all have our unique struggles and unique uh, needs. And I think that a part of student ministry is that it takes a caring leader to journey alongside the student to find out what those unique struggles are and to want a journey with them in that and not fix that. I'm going to tap on that in a second. Let me just drill down a little deeper uh, on that because I guess where the question's coming from is, I mean, I've got teenagers, you deal with them often. (laughs) Um, This is a different generation in some sense and every generation is different, but you know, this is a generation that for example, is native to the internet and pretty native to Portable devices. Right. Um, even at those levels, are you seeing anything unique about this generation, whether it's screen times or mm-hmm. social media or, uh, you know, how to connect or, you know, those kinds of things? It's a good question. Well, you definitely don't see a student without the phone in their hand, even at grade six. Like, that's surprising. Yeah. And uh, going away on retreats and, you don't think you'll have to tell students to put their phones down because they're there to hang out and have fun. And still at every turn, you're telling students to put their phones away. And so I think helping them see the value of connection in community without having to, you know, take a picture of it or, or be on their phones to reply to their Instagram posts, whatever. Yeah. Like I wondered about that is, is, is even from a, a community perspective, 
is the influence of media, social media, or the inter internet, or their portable devices? Like, is that uh, is that affecting that? Are they still just as susceptible to connect well? Or great question. And honestly, I'm not sure that I would know how to answer that super well. Um, because you can read in on ministry, my side. you don't have a lot of generations to compare to. You're only ministering to this generation right, right now. So, and some places you'll find, you know, people think that social media is the devil. And on the other hand, it's like you kind of have to accept that about this generation and learn how to engage with them in that. And so, what is the balance there? Who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Want to talk about the other side of this from a student ministry perspective? What are you learning about parents? Oh, that's a good question. I'm a parent of three, and I s still feel like parenthood's a mystery to me. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the more I talk to parents, the more I see they're just excited about um, somebody else building relationships with their students, but also somebody else partnering with them. Um, and know, just knowing that, you know, it's not just their kid who has a leader by their side, but them as a parent they have a leader by their side. They have somebody who's for them, who's actually has their best interest in mind as they interact with the student. So when a student comes to the leader and says like, oh, my parents being such a whatever, the student's not, or the leader's not gonna be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. But they're gonna be like, well, maybe, you know, have you thought about it like this? Maybe this is what your parents think. And that's just exciting to parents to know that they have somebody who can back them up and and still connect with their students or their kids. Yeah, and you're you're tapping into sort of my next question, which would be, what are in this dynamic of ministering both to students and parents? What are the primary contributions that our student ministry is making in their lives right now? In the parents' lives? In either. The primary contributions that our students, student ministry makes in their lives, I'd say giving their giving the students a caring leader to journey alongside them um, and to see them as individuals and not just clump them as a youth group. And in the hard times, like whether it is mental health or whether they're struggling with something in school, they know that they have somebody to call on. They know that there's somebody they trust who, who loves them and has their best interest in mind and isn't just there because they have to be because they signed up to lead in youth, but they're there because they love them and they want to be. Yeah. And so it's that discipleship. It's that being community piece that is the foundation of everything we do. Yeah. And here's what I want our members to, to pick up on because I want to drill into this a little bit deeper uh, as our next move. We can talk all day about the changes in culture and the newness of this generation and what the uniqueness is to grow up in the 21st century as opposed to mm. when we grew up or whatever. You probably grew up in the 21st century, but <laughs> I didn't. Um, and, and so much has changed. But I've heard you multiple times now in this conversation say all it takes is a caring leader. Like my first foray into ministry was in student ministry mm -hmm. and all it took then was a caring leader. Yeah. And I, I hope that we can appreciate just the, the the significance of a caring leader in the life of a student that's coming alongside a parent and being a support in continuity and consistency right. to help them form community and navigate through life in community. Yeah. Like 
That's kind of what student ministry is, and it's kind of what it's always been, and it's kind of what it's always going to be. As much as we're talking about trends and what's new and how are they different, or the, the very, very basic building blocks of ministry to students is caring leader. Absolutely. Really what it's all about. Definitely. Um, which is why, because uh, ultimately we're having this conversation in a season of team building and of recruitment for our fall ministry launch. And so just, just describe for us, and I know you've described the programs already, but describe for us some of the ways, Keith, that, that someone could be involved in student ministry. If I was listening to this and I wanted to be a caring leader and make a trajectory shaping difference in the lives of a, in the life of a child or developing young adult, Mm -hmm. what are some of the roles that I could play? Some of the roles that you can play, um, join the team and become a small group leader. There's always going to be students who need leaders and there's always leaders who are called somewhere else. And so the the recruitment never ends the team never stops building and so so either in junior high or senior high i could be a small group leader absolutely yeah uh other stuff are there events i can plan oh yeah driving i can do what give me give me some other for sure a large part of uh what what my job is is to to make sure that the leaders have what they need to oversee the event well. Because on an event night, I'm not really the point person. I'm not the, you know, I'm there making sure everything runs smoothly, but the small group leaders are the ones, they're the superstars of the event. And so a part of my job is to make sure they can lead the event well and, and that it is conducive to to um, connecting with their few. Which just so you're, you're we're, we're clear here, th- this team of small group leaders not just the leaders of one small group, but the, this team of small group leaders are also playing event planning roles. Yes. So in a sense, you could join as a small group leader primarily to help plan events, or you could join as a small group leader primarily because you want to be involved in the relational side and yeah. the shepherding and discipleship Absolutely. Students. And there's midweek stuff that I'm doing to prepare these events all the time. And so there's administrative ways you can get involved. I've got one leader who is a small group leader, but also on top of that comes in midweek to prep all curriculum for Sunday morning. And there's more of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Sunday morning. Obviously there are teaching contributions. Yep. If someone wanted to make, talk about those a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So when a leader joins the team, they can make the choice to do Sunday morning only, Thursday midweeks only, or both. And so we've got some leaders who do Sunday mornings only, and they come in and they they teach. They they are a part of you know what makes a Sunday morning great, and and uh, so you can get involved in just the teaching aspect. Okay, there. so when you when you aspire to get involved, you could check off any of those yeah. any of those kinds of boxes. Okay. Um, if I'm considering getting involved in one of the student ministries, what's it going to take from me? Mm-hmm. You know, my heart, my gifts, my time. What, what, what do I need to have? Yeah, you, you don't need to know that you love student ministry before you join student ministry, because I believe. Okay, that's great. You spend two hours with these students, and you will fall in love, and you will you will want to do this for the rest of your life and being a part of the team too. You're actually a part of something. You're not just coming and performing a task and then going back home. Like you're a part of something that God is doing and these leaders feel that and they know that they're a part of it. And so come and discover how awesome it is. 
Um, and you don't necessarily need the time because once you come and realize how awesome it is, you'll make time for it. <laughs> you will make the time to to you know, reach the bar that that it takes to walk alongside our students. Yeah. So um, coming back to the takes a caring leader, like I've got to be interested in God. I've got to be interested in connection in, in, in making a difference in yeah. this kind of trajectory shaping way. Even and, if I don't think I can. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the heart is, is where it all is. Like you, you need to have a heart to, to see people connected um, in community, to see people building relationships. Um, you have to have a heart for people. That's for sure. Um, doesn't mean you can't be an introvert and be in student ministry. We have lots of introverts and they're some of our best leaders. Um, but to a heart to see people uh, in community living like Jesus and loving others more. Uh, you mentioned the opportunity to join something. If I'm thinking about getting involved in student ministry, uh I don't want to say it this crudely, but sort of a what's in it for me? Like, what 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 do I get out of it? Uh, what kind of support would I receive? Mm -hmm. Talk about that side of being involved in student ministry. Absolutely. So something that came as a surprise to me, which thinking about it seems like, duh, um, that these relationships are reciprocal and that it's not just you pouring into the students. Um, but just last week, we had one of the groups, one of the small girls or small groups of girls throw a surprise baby shower for their small group leaders. And, you know, the small group leader, Chelsea, walks in, like, bawling her eyes out, just amazed. And that there is, you know, kingdom of God on earth. Like, yeah. that's heaven on earth. And and that is such a blessing to the leader to know that, you know, it's not just them pouring into the students, but the students will give back just as much. And so the relationship is totally reciprocal, and it's beautiful in that way. And also... Go ahead. Yeah, keep going. And a practical side, as a leader, you'll receive one-on-one -on -one support from me. Um, and uh, we're looking at getting coach systems built as well. So you might have a coach. But uh, it's not just like, hey, how's youth leading going? But being a part of a team, you're not just a leader. You're a part of a family, too. People who are actually journeying alongside each other. Because in the same way we want our students to feel community and to feel like they're a part of something, we want our leaders to feel that way too. So when you join the team, you're joining a family. And in that family, um, it's not just, hey, how's youth leading going? But we're actually bringing each other meals when somebody has a baby. We're mourning with each other and we're actually looking at the spiritual development of our lives. And so when I'm meeting with leaders, it's like, what is God teaching you? You know, what's God doing in your life? What kind of questions do you have? Like, how are you doing relationally? And then we will talk about some youth stuff if we get there. But yeah, like it's a real opportunity to connect and grow yes. yourself because Absolutely. you're part of this family. You know, you said earlier that the, the greatest investment you want to make in the leaders is in their lifestyle of full devotion so that they can be the example to the students that you hope that they would be. Right. So from a personal growth perspective, this is a great place to plug into, let alone to give back in the, exactly. in the lives of students. Yeah. When I just had a leader who's, you know, talking about like, what do I do after school? Do I go away? Do I stay? And she's like, and I would hate to leave my girls, you know, just as they're entering grade 12. She's like, but even more than that, selfishly, like, I get so much out of this and I feel like I would be missing out if I go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is an interesting observation to make because often, uh, 
you know, when it comes to our anchor causes, we like to describe how the program is a driver for the lifestyle. Yes. The program is a driver for the lifestyle. And at the end of the day, when you start serving in your anchor cause program, hopefully it triggers some relationships that then can engage at a lifestyle level. Yeah. The same thing's true in student ministry. And I know as a parent of teenagers, like I'm seeing this in my own kids' lives where, uh, you know, they're becoming mentors to other smaller kids and are going swimming at Brock University or having them over to play in the backyard and jump on the trampoline or, you know, this kind of stuff. And, And other of my kids that aren't old enough to necessarily do that, like... Their small group leaders are taking them out for coffee or coming over and playing video games right, or, yeah. you know, developing kind of this 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 life on life lifestyle level relationship that is really the transformative part for them. But also then when you're part of the leadership of the ministry team, you get that lifestyle level at that level as well. Yeah. Right. So these programs are triggering lifestyle, but it's a lifestyle both of following Christ together with these leaders and of affecting students in your direct relationship with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up this recruitment uh, kind of phase here, Keith, mm-hmm. I, I understand that when you take pers- prospective student ministry leaders out for lunch or coffee or whatever, that you can be quite compelling in your kind of vision speech. So <laughs> uh, share with all of us as members uh, what your sales pitch sounds like for student ministry. So sure. imagine you're going to envision me into student ministry. You got it. Can I give a little bit of context Absolutely. to my sales pitch? Yeah. Okay. So youth culture has been through some major shifts. And, you know, back post-World War, um, they kind of started to discover, like, oh, we're a thing. Like, youth culture exists. And we have an identity and later on, they started to discover, okay, what is our autonomy though? Like, what is our purpose and how, you know, what kind of agency do we have in this world? And they could start to speak up about things like the Vietnam War and people would listen. So they realized, oh, okay, we have autonomy as well. But what about affinity? Like, where do we belong in this world and the culture? And so students, all, every one of these steps are finding their identity but now it's through through the lens of belonging. And so when they find belonging, they will discover who they are. Hmm. And that doesn't happen in the context of a large youth group anymore. You can't copy the church down the street and what they're doing like you could 20 years ago when they were literally selling programs at the back of trucks. Yeah. Um, but it takes seeing the student as an individual. And so the you know what i would say in an elevator to somebody is that we believe we're in a youth culture shift right now where students are dying to be seen as individuals and where they're actually hungry for a personal relationship with a leader and we believe that they deserve those things to be seen as individuals and a leader and we also believe that god is calling us to so much more than showing up to a couple youth events a month so what we're doing is raising the bar for our leaders for what it looks like to lead in youth ministry what it looks like to do life together and what it looks like to actually be the church with our students. And so a person sitting on the other end of this, what usually happens after that? Tears <laughs> and they're giving me money. and Where's just... the, I've, I've heard about the uh, inviting them into the adventure of a lifetime. That's right. Yes, kind of that's a, right. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. a, that's a good lie. That works. Yeah, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. The opportunity of a lifetime, right. Oh, that's, that's right. terrific. Uh, and I hope all of our members are, are, are getting a sense that many of us could do this. Yes. Okay? Many of us could do this. Many of us could belong to something ourselves that's growing others and growing ourselves and in the process give back and make an investment in a next generation that is hungry for belonging that we can provide yeah. no matter who we are or what we think we're good or not so good at. Um, final little piece here mm-hmm. that, that I just want you to comment a little bit, Keith, is, is that around here we've, we've never treated youth as the leaders of tomorrow. Right. We call them the next generation often, but we've never treated them as the leaders of tomorrow. And you were already alluding to some of the eras where youth have had their own inherent power and influence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we don't look at youth as our church's future. Youth are our churches today. Um, these days, how are you seeing this next generation of Christ followers and kingdom leaders starting to shape culture at large and starting to shape our church? How are they trying to start? How are they becoming an influence around here? Yeah, that's a great question. And I was just saying to somebody today, I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like exactly. Students inheriting the church, but I do know that it's not going to look like what it does today. Um, did I say that right? You said that great. It, it, I mean, obviously there, you talked about being passionate about yeah. justice, exactly. fighting for belonging. And that's uh, the thing. Big is, on inclusion. Yeah. In them, they, they see justice differently where there's no parameters that they've been boxed in to love people where we're told like, this is what you believe. Therefore love accordingly. Then it's like, they just want to include, they just want to love. They just want to stand up for injustice in any context and they will allow their beliefs to be informed by loving where, you know, we kind of do it the other way around. And so I see a generation full of love and justice and connection. And um, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like in the future. Yeah. You feel from your purview that our church is in good hands. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Hey, anything uh, as we wrap up, any final encouragements or challenges that you want to share with our members across our locations? Yeah, sure. Just if you're wondering, you know, where to serve or how to get involved and how to find community, like try this and you'll learn, you'll fall in love with it and you'll grow in the process and just. Keith will give you a money back refund if you didn't like it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The other thing I hope that, that uh, our members are encouraged to do is to pray for this ministry. Yeah. You know, this, this. Uh, it's a very sacred mission field mm-hmm. and uh, kudos to all you guys and gals that take the time and make the investment into our students. As a parent, I certainly appreciate it immeasurably. Um, but I've used the phrase many times in this conversation of kind of trajectory shaping or trajectory defining influence. Most people make their firm faith decisions before they're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know that. And uh, there's there's tremendous opportunity to make a tremendous difference if you're in student ministry. For the, so for the rest of us as a membership, let's rally around these guys and gals, especially as they prepare for their fall launch and really pray into this ministry mm-hmm. that God's kingdom would come and will would be done on earth as it is in heaven in and through their lives this year. Yeah. So 
Yeah, thanks for being here, Keith. We really appreciate you and your My team. Pleasure. Thanks for having Blessings me. Blessings to you this year. And uh, thanks to all of you members as we continue these conversations and continue to journey together in finding our way. Take care.